0: Matthew chapter 4 this morning. Hallelujah. We want to, uh, uh, I want to bring a uh, victory report of yesterday. Uh, We had a fantastic time for those who participated in our Australia Day car rally. uh, I want to thank you for all who uh, participated and and, uh, worked very hard. Uh, to be able to uh, achieve what happened yesterday. And, and uh, these have now been going on for... This is the third year now. And seems uh, as though uh, Shannon and Josh need to be uh, knocked off the first place position. That's the second year in a row. And um, uh, they are uh, on top with the Hallets. And so Hallets have won twice. And so have the... Uh, not that it's competition. Uh, obviously, but uh, it is absolutely fantastic uh, uh, to see you all participating. It it brings me joy, and um, praise God for that. I want to preach to you on the spirit of mateship in light of uh, Australia Day. And uh, book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 11, I I don't think I've preached on uh, mateship before on Australia Day. And I trust that God will bring us a word in season. Uh, Mateship is an Australian cultural item that embodies equality, loyalty, friendship amongst men. Mateship is regarded as an Australian military virtue. The Australian Army Recruit Training Centre lists the solidarity qualities it seeks to instill as including a A will to win, dedication to duty, honor, compassion and honesty, mateship and teamwork. One of the greatest imageries of mateship was seen with Simpson and his donkey. And Simpson became famous as his works, uh, uh, working as a stretcher bearer using one of the donkeys brought in uh, uh, for carrying water, he began to transport uh, wounded men day and night from the f- uh, from the fighting in Manassha Valley uh, to the beach on Anzac Cove. He did so according to Charles Bean through deadly sniping down uh, the valley and the most furious shrapnel fire. Simpson was eventually killed by a machine gun fire while carrying two wounded men. Uh, and was buried on the beach at Hellspit, the spirit of mateship. Now, there is something powerful that can be learned from mateship. And I believe uh, in the gospel, there's something that can um, uh, resonate with each and every one of us, that in the deepest and darkest, in the most helpless and hopeless times of our lives, We desperately need mateship. We desperately need each other. This is something that would ultimately help us in these difficult times. In the passage of Scripture we're about to read, Jesus was led into the wilderness. We know this passage of Scripture was faced with three temptations. And while in that time of temptation, He was fasting, He was at the weakest point of His life, uh, Though the Bible says that Jesus overcame the devil and his temptations. uh, And we pick up the story at verse 11. uh, And the Bible says these words, Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The spirit of mateship. I want to look firstly uh, this morning at... The Great Battle. Now there are wars that are still raging today, and I think uh, if we're to be honest, uh, we'll realize that ultimately uh, while we're in Australia and uh, we are exempt from the physical violence, uh, there have been uh, things that have been uh, transpiring uh, in, uh, the, uh, in the in uh, the in the arena of wars, it's been uh, wars over land. It's been wars over rights, equality, diversity. Uh, we've had wars, no no doubt. Uh, where ultimately, uh, got, uh, uh, where people have been involved in, uh, where uh, through uh, the course of time, uh, 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 you know, have ultimately uh, caused a lot of controversy. Uh, and while we are ultimately examined. Uh, uh, from the physical violence there are still countries today that are warring uh, each and every day I had the privilege of going uh, to israel with a with a crew from our church uh, and uh, we accompanied uh, accompanied by our fellowship, and we went to Israel, uh, and uh, we be, we we got a, a, a first-hand glimpse uh, into a war that has been raging for uh, 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 you know thousands of years between uh, uh, two people, uh, you know, two brothers. Ultimately, their descendants, uh, and and uh, you know, these people uh, are equipped for war, uh, walking around with guns and and prepared at any moment, uh, danger could strike, and they have to be ready. Ready to fight now, alongside of that physical war, uh, there is also a spiritual war that is raging today. Our scripture reveals. Uh, that Jesus under, uh, underwent temptations, uh, this spiritual battle that He faced in the wilderness uh, where the devil came to Him uh, and it was in a uh, uh, right at the beginning, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness uh, to be tempted by the devil. This was uh, not just a conversation. Uh, this wasn't just going to be uh, a small argument. This was going to be uh, an outright war uh, from darkness uh, And light. It was going to be the hell, uh, hell against heaven, uh, and these two worlds would come together head to head. uh, And ultimately, uh, it would be revealed through the audacity of the devil uh, that would come uh, to the very Son of God and try to tempt him to force him uh, to relinquish his authority. The great battles that we face, we can draw from this. Passage of Scripture, number one, is the battle of the ungodly appetite, that while there is the gospel of Jesus Christ that very clearly divides what is right and what is wrong, today we have the devil that is working at manipulating the appetite of the godly, that it wants to try to Uh, you know, uh, 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 make people believe that it's okay uh, to have a little bit of the world uh, and a little bit of Jesus, and I'm just going to make this uh, religion work for me. We see this in the gospel, chapter 4, verse 4. After being tempted to turn a stone into bread, uh, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds... uh, from the mouth of God, you can see this still, uh, that it is being injected into the lives uh, of the believer, uh, that ultimately uh, the devil is trying to dress things uh, that may seem appealing, uh, that it oppo- uh, that it is presented towards our appetite. Uh, you know, you need to eat, right? Everyone likes food. We're having food tonight. But how many know that Christians don't take food from the devil. The tragedy today is that there are people uh, that throughout uh, uh, you know their lives have been raised in church, uh, blessed with the gift of singing, of talent, uh, and all of a sudden uh, the devil puts up his hand, I'll I'll give you fame. I'll give you fortune. Your name will be in lights and and the, and the Christian just oh, I'll take it. The ungodly appetites the many people folded their hand. Think about the lives that were sacrificed for our freedom today. Had they just given in to an appetite of the, the enemy that just said, you know what, let's not fight, let's just, let's just, let's just resolve this in a, in a nice way, but let me just make sure that I take over your country. We'd probably all be speaking German today. This is a battle, a battle that's still raging today. The other battle is the unsanctioned desires, where now we have uh, these issues of what is right and what is wrong and what is uh, good and what is evil. We have so many gray areas. That the devil tempted Jesus by saying, you know what, why don't you just jump off and won't the angels catch you? Cause you not to be dashing your feet and you're going to be safe and you can just make whatever decision you want and it'll be fine. People today now, churches not hosting more than one service a week, closing down because not enough people coming on a Sunday Evening and still calling themselves Pentecostal. Churches that aren't doing altar calls and challenging people to respond and give their heart to Jesus Christ. People who aren't churches who aren't preaching on sin. The gift of the Spirit of speaking in tongues, the challenge that ultimately has caused churches to shift focus. uh, from reaching the world to now just feeding the hungry. Instead of uh, going out into the highways and byways and preaching the gospel, we're selling books. And while I do appreciate that, the truth is, is that there is something that has been sidelined. Matthew, you know, uh, uh, verse 7, chapter 4, verse 7. Jesus says to him, it's written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Listen, you don't want to live life on the edge. You don't want to live your Christian life. Oh, is this right? Is this wrong? Will this be okay? Will, will God be all right with this? You want to be as far in into the gospel, into the Word of God as you want. Any hint against what we are a part of, any challenge against the Word of God, listen to me. You, you, we know the Word of God has stood, uh, has stood the test of time. But there's a war that is trying to cause us The shift focus. And it's now churches that are preaching the prosperity. Blab it and grab it. Promoting the spirit of entitlement. As if that is the gospel. That is, as if, because that's what the devil's doing. He's grabbing scriptures and taking them out of context. He's grabbing things that would be appealing. Hey, well, you know, the Bible says that, and and it's totally out of context. But there's a spirit behind that, that raging against the kingdom of heaven. There's a battle that we have to face. Number three, it has to do with unworthy honor, and this is found in verse 10 of our text. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Can everybody say amen? We are not gods and we will never be gods. The only God that deserves praise and worship is Jesus Christ and he deserves all honor. We cannot, for whatever reason, think, well, you know, I've made it this far, and it was because I'm just so brave and strong and wise. It's absolutely not. You cannot shift the focus. Jesus must be at the center of each and every one of our lives. So, I want to look secondly this morning at stand and fight. Because what you have to understand is that no one is exempt from war. There is a war that is raging between good and evil, and there is no such thing in this war to be passive. The devil will try to lie to you to make you feel as though passivity is the path that ought to be chosen by a Christian, turn the other cheek, doesn't the Bible, the good Lord say that, you know, and and in order to do that, you have to now fold your hand and allow the enemy, all right, all authority to in, infiltrate in your life, the temptation of passivity is a lie from the devil, what you have to understand is that in order to have peace in our life, you must fight for it, that peace is not won through compromise, that's not peace. The truth is, is that we must, as believers of Jesus Christ, understand that we we must draw a line in the sand, they say boundaries define us, who we are and who we are not. I found it so interesting at how President Trump stands up and says, we need boundaries. And people said, oh, what is this doctrine? We need a wall. And people said, that is wrong. So what's the other option? Violate every other Principle that has been placed, put in place before, where boundaries keep good people in and bad people out. What is, you know, think about the insanity of having no boundaries. Isn't that the principle of the open square that we read about in the Old Testament uh, where ultimately uh, the Bible says it was a place uh, where anything went. There were no rules. There were no regulations. Uh, And the angels of the Lord came and they were there and they said, we're going to sleep in the open square. They'll be violated by the morning because life without boundaries will destroy you. And it is imperative that you and I as believers draw a line in the sand. Think about Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 6. He comes across a woman that has been accused of adultery, caught in the very act, brought into the public eye, going to be, according to the law of Moses, stoned for her transgression. And, And as a result, her life will be taken from her. And Jesus said testing him. They may have something to accuse him, but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. He goes on to say, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. It's amazing at how in, this, in the midst of this war, Jesus draws a line and says, okay, I understand. There are things that are not right There are things that people are involved in, but ultimately, He will draw a line, giving us grace, giving us an opportunity. Boundaries are what keep us in a functioning society. There must be clear instructions. When this is opposed, when someone comes against it, we must fight and stand for what we believe in. The Word of God is coming under attack, beloved. The church is being infiltrated by the world and the government uh, and it's only a matter of time where uh, society begins uh, to uh, break down the walls and say, you know what, we don't want boundaries, uh, not in the world, no, in the church, we want uh, a boundaryless society and that's where chaos will come in. You know the word of God is what brings freedom. And we see this in 2 Corinthians 3:17 now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is freedom there is liberty. You wonder about this great land that we live in, you know this was founded on biblical principles. That how we were established was by the word of God and the, and, it, and this affected every I mean how many of you heard the You know, this is the great southland of the Holy Spirit. Those were the songs that were sung that ultimately uh, understood and even uh, uh, promoted uh, the work of God. This land that was established uh, on biblical principles uh, ultimately uh, uh, would stand, uh, you know, stand separated from all those that would live boundaryless life. You know, there was prophecies prophesied over Australia over 400 years ago saying that this land will be the beginning of a great revival. That from Australia, from this land, and you think about all the nations of the world that are here this morning, just here, just here, how God has brought a people into one place where the Bible says, filled of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, God is going to do an end, end of days revival and it's going to begin here in Australia. So I want to look thirdly and in closing at the spirit of mateship. Because what's powerful about this Spirit of mateship is that ultimately it's embedded in our culture. We fight for our mates. This is what makes... He's stronger than their enemies, that no mate is left behind and that we fight for our mates. And it's this understanding that ultimately separated us during the war. But this is rich in biblical truth because here is Jesus, faced with the most difficult times in his ministry, you know, ready to step into his ministry. And the Bible says, after the confrontation with the devil, that the angels came and ministered to him. If Jesus needed his mates, how much more you and I? That there's something profound about going into battle knowing that your mate is next to you. There's something profound that when you are fighting the enemy, that you know that you're not just fighting for you, but you're fighting for your mates around you. And what's profound about this is that Jesus understood this. We know that the Bible says uh, that through one man, sin entered the world. He failed to recognize uh, that when the devil tempted him, uh, he wasn't just making a stand uh, against just the devil or for uh, uh, himself and his family, but for the whole world. Where Jesus, we know the Bible says, had us in mind. You and I. What you have to understand is that this is exactly what it's speaking about. Spirit of mateship. We need to be prepared to fight. Because there's something powerful about when mates get together with a common goal, and fight for what is right. Isn't that what happened in the book of Acts, chapter 2? The Bible says that they were all in one place, in one accord. And what's profound about this is ultimately that it represents each and every one of us. That there were those that were stronger than others, there were those weaker, there were those that maybe had a bit of doubt, and there were those that, that were troubled in their minds, but the Bible says that when they came into one place, were in one accord, that suddenly a rushing wind came, that the heaven fell and filled the place with the Holy Ghost, and from that upper room. Where like-minded men and women were, the Bible says a force began to uh, to to be born, birthed from that sector, uh, from that uh, upper room, and it began to infiltrate every city, every language. An encounter from heaven became a great force, and today the gospel is still reaching new nation and impacting different societies. This year marks the 60th anniversary that Billy Graham came to our shores. The 60th year. And I still know of people that were impacted by Billy Graham's ministry that even went to the crusades while he was here. We are not a part of something that is going to die. The Holy Ghost... uh, is what is empowering the people of God today. And let me declare to you uh, that this revival again... Our land will begin when you and I, as believers of Jesus Christ, embrace the Spirit of God, uh, not just for ourselves. Uh, this is not a Christianity uh, to better your life today, uh, to make your life a success, uh, to promote your goodness and your greatness. Uh, it is a life that, if you would uh, humble yourself and expect, uh, accept the Spirit of God, uh, would not only empower you, but empower all those around you, and you would be able able to be victorious alongside of your brothers and sisters. And it will be involving having that like-minded spirit. Romans 1.16, the Bible says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Think about the the wording that the Apostle Paul uses, the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And again, he brings a different people. Why? Because the gospel is for everyone. That if you would just believe in the name of Jesus Christ, the power from on high will fall upon you and those who dare to receive it would be filled. There is coming an end days revival. And I believe what you and I are a part of is going to transform not just our lives, but the lives around us. Get encouraged, church, because what you have within you is the Spirit of God. And as we go into the world and face the various different challenges Know that you have brothers and sisters that are praying for you. We may face the most hardest times of our lives. The good news is is that there is a church that will uplift you in prayer. There are people that have you in mind and have not forgotten about you and want you to succeed or want you to be victorious. If I had my choice, I would be in heaven with all of us. No one's out. That's the spirit of mateship, and that's the spirit of God that ultimately fights for those around us. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.